Welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Doghouse. Um, this is Stacy Bell with Focused Fun in the U.S. We also have with us. Hi, it's Ness and I'm from Australia and I'm from Tales from... Oh, gosh. <laughs> Guys, I've just woken up. I'm so sorry. I'm meant to wake up at 5 a.m. And it's I woke up literally like minutes before this podcast, so I'm half asleep. So I'm actually from Separation Anxiety in Dogs Decoders, uh, and I'm in Australia. And uh, you can find me on Facebook um, under that name, but with Ness Jones at the end. And I'm also on Twitter and, and also on Insta. And with me in also with us is and i'm gonna go back to sleep <laughs> hi this is sarah mclaren from the uk on the opposite end of the day i was very tired because i've been up all day uh i'm from <laughs> separation anxiety solutions and again you can find me on facebook under the same name and instagram and on this podcast woohoo so sarah while i'm drinking guzzling coffee to try and stay awake you're on you're ready for a hot chocolate or a whiskey to go to bed something like that yeah <laughs> what time is it in uh, america in america it is um 2 39 p.m ah so okay. cup of tea time afternoon tea in stacy land mm-hmm. so today it's Today we're going to be talking about uh, threshold. So what does we we bandy the word word world word threshold around quite a lot in separation anxiety, but what does it actually mean and what does it mean to you and your dog? So guys, what does it mean to you? Well, we touched on it last week briefly. Um, again, it's that line that is drawn between where your dog is okay with you leaving or or anyway just okay in general in terms of its demeanor and then the line that it crosses where it goes into a panic or gets fearful or anxious that's the layman's explanation yeah i like to um kind of divide it into three sections because i think it helps the training in particular but also just helps people kind of grasp how anxiety can progress and so you know kind of okay keeping it together and and struggling or panicked right and so if your dog is okay they're self-explanatory they're okay they're they're dealing 100% okay um holding it together or keeping it together is is you know you're seeing some small signs that they're beginning to get uncomfortable. And we can kind of talk about what those signs are a bit later in the show. Um, and then struggling is, is when they are moving to that more fight or flight panic state. Um, I think it's, it's easier for people to kind of grasp that when they're thinking about their dogs, um, because we really do as separation anxiety trainers dig into some really small behaviors. And if we only have okay or over threshold, people think of over threshold as like 
that complete panic. And so it's, I think it's just a bit easier for people to grasp if we divide it into three categories. What do you guys think about that? I suppose if you um, think about it as a, as a kind of metaphor, it's a bit like standing near a cliff, isn't it? Mm -hmm. there's, the, there's the part when you're sitting on the bench six foot away from the edge and you're quite happy looking at the view. And then that bit where you're starting to teeter is where you're standing far too close to the edge and looking over and thinking, oh, that's not, that's not really, I really don't want to go there. And then completely over threshold would be falling off it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> By which time yeah. they'd be like, you know, you're like in complete panic and there's no... <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think you that's know, a good way to... You know, with your fingers hanging on with your fingernails and basically you've completely <laughs> lost control of everything there is no coming back from that kind of panic right right yeah that's a good analogy I like it <laughs> hanging off the cliff makes me think of um was it a little what would they used to call it was it a chad the little thing that looked over a wall or is that just a UK thing um it, it might be a UK thing or maybe I should know about it <laughs> <laughs> are you okay for me what I want to yeah. know could be so, I mean could I thought be. I took the definition of, of threshold from the dictionary so we've got a threshold is the magnitude or intensity that must be exceeded for a certain reaction phenomenon result or condition to occur or be manifested i.e nothing happens until the sign passes the threshold okay yeah. So then we have, I suppose, what's the, what what does it, what does a, a threshold look like? What would it look like to you? Or, you know, the um, thresholds all look different to different people, don't they? People's perception of what anxious looks like, or what mm -hmm. the opposite of anxious looks like. Right. Well, and I think that's where it's really important to know your dog. Um, I think it's important to not only know what your dog looks like when they're anxious, but also watch your dog when they're not anxious. You know, do they, do they just lick their lips a lot? Or mm -hmm. is, is that an early sign of anxiety for your dog? You know, yeah. so I, I do think it's, it's really important to, to get a baseline of what's normal for your dog. And then, um, then start looking at that progression of anxiety. Um, what are the earliest signs that you can see for your dog? So what are some of the early signs that we see um, in dogs that are starting to get anxious? In general, your dog might have its own ways of showing their anxiety, but what are some that you've seen with your some of your clients? There's so many of them. I mean, and I mean, we know what the really bad obvious signs look like when they go full-blown over threshold, mm -hmm. e.g. the barking, the chanting, drawling soiling destroying all that sort of stuff but the early signs um i mean you've got like you say the lip licking but it's got to be lip licking that's not normal so not associated with food just having eaten or just expecting to eat some food mm. um but but again as you say they might just be in general lip lickers <laughs> um yawning is another one that's not associated with sleeping so having just woken up or feeling a bit tired um mm -hmm. They can, you know, tail tucks. That's kind of a bit of more of an obvious one. Um, but maybe sometimes they just drop their tails, right? Like, so know yeah. what your dog's neutral tail mm. carriage is. And then like, sometimes you'll see a dog and they're, they're in kind of that neutral 
uh, place in the middle, all of a sudden you'll see their dog, their tail drop down. And mm -hmm. so that, that's a, that's a good thing to know about your own dog is, is what their natural tail and ear carriage is. Well, the funny thing about the air carriage is, I mean, I've got pointy-eared dogs, so it's really mm -hmm. easy to see what, what they're, you know, what they look like but with the, I tell my clients with the the floppy ear dogs is that a is that a um, professional term floppy ear dogs I think it is it's very okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. um you can't because you can't really you know you can't see them turning per se but you can you see them see the flattening mm -hmm. no but you can also see them flattening if they're feeling stressed um mm -hmm. And that one of the um, other ones, it's quite hard to spot, especially on black dogs, I think. Um, I've got a client that's got a, a oodle breed and it's black. And when she videos it, it's really hard to see its face. But um, you can, um, with some dogs, yeah, that you get that tightness around the mouth that, um, mm -hmm. that, that indicates that they're starting to feel a bit stressed. Um, yeah. Do you want me to keep going? <laughs> You've got them. <laughs> you can see sides heaving, stuff like that, like such a subtle thing. But you know the way they're breathing. If you if you see them mm -hmm. sort of tucking up a little bit, or the sides mm. are, are, are breathing a bit deeper, or what have you. Yeah, things think, like that. Um, I think doodles are, are really really hard to read. I think I've had there's I've had a few clients that have been doodles now, and every one of them has been really difficult to. Because there's so much floof, even when they're not black, even yeah. the coloured ones, you know, I mean, there's just, it's just floof everywhere. And it's, you can't <laughs> see whether they've got tight mouths, you can't see their ears, half the time yeah. you can't see their eyes, you know, and, and some of them, I mean, there's, there's not many that have got dog tails, but some of them do. And, you know, and these tails mm. are all, there's just like, I mean, one of the more subtle signs that I've seen, which was, was this, um, getting up and doing a kind of aimless scratch. You know when they do that aimless scratching behind the ears that doesn't really look like they've got an itch. Just look like um, like they're not entirely sure what's going on. So I've seen, that's been um, um, a funny one for me that when I've caught it and it's taken a while watching them to catch that that's actually then going to lead into, like it's mm -hmm. almost like a cascade of things. We'll start off with a scratch. Yes. Then we'll do a, a shake off where this bull, full body shake that again is out of context because they're mm -hmm. not wet uh, and they haven't yeah. just woken up and then that leads into barking and, and so and then which is consequently what we would call over threshold. Yeah, and I think that's um, that's just it. And the same can be with um like sniffing um mm. out of context. It can be a, a bit of a displacement fidgety behavior, kind of like um us picking at our nails or biting our nails or twirling our hair or playing with our necklace. Um, all of those little behaviors can and can kind of indicate that there's some building anxiety there. Um, again, not full out panic, but building anxiety. Um, another two that I see that I don't think that we've mentioned yet is that paw lift my own dog does that a lot. Like, yeah, they'll just lift one of their front paws. Um, and it's yeah. just when he's a bit unsure about a situation, he'll lift one of his front paws. And then I know like, you know, again, we can come back from that. You know, it's not like it's going to lead into this big panic, but it's just a sign that he's a bit unsure in that situation. So that would be, you know, another just knowing your dog. And another one that that um, I see kind of a lot 
actually is like an incomplete behavior. So the dog um, almost looks like it's going to get up, but then doesn't, or um, looks back to its leg like it was going to lick or scratch it, but then doesn't. Um, and so sometimes that kind of incomplete behavior is is also a sign of some building in and and all of these that we've mentioned are just you know you get to know by watching your own dog so yes so, go look on youtube at at you know videos of dog behavior dog body language but then also really watch your own dog because that's that's what you have to be an expert in is your own dog what does it look like as my dog is starting to get a little bit anxious mm. just one more we didn't mention was sniffing like that's a like another displacement I totally did you just weren't paying attention oh did you <laughs> look i um yeah okay we had a little oops over here where my dog just knocked okay. over a full cup of coffee oh no oh <laughs> <yay>. <laughs> so yes i was just running around like a goose trying to get it sorted out <laughs> So I wasn't listening. You're completely correct. So yeah. <laughs> um, I was just thinking this. It's so you know with with the with the mallies because they're they're so easy to read because they're basically you know if you were to think of a um, a wolf for want of a better um, analogy, you know they're they're very good at showing lots and lots of good doggy bo body language. You mm. can see their eyes. You can see their lips. You can see every single facial feature on there. So they're much they're much easier to read compared to certainly a bulldog i mean you know i mean yeah where do you start with with that with the tail the i mean they've already got a completely <laughs> crinkly face but they've got no tail to drop you know that watching your bulldog is is you know text expert eyes i think and it's uh that's never going to be easy to do is it so you've really got to think about it there i was just thinking i've got a couple of um resources for body language uh, one of them being a website called i speak dog which mm, has a, yeah. a glossary of, of behaviors and then the other one is the little book that lily chin did oh, yes that's a language, good one doggy language a dog's <coughs> guide to understanding your best friend by lily okay. chin oh, it's okay. on um, it was on amazon i think i got it for about four pounds i don't know what that equates to in uh, in other things but I put little markers in it because there's some things in there. So one particular picture that I liked was the shaking off. Uh -huh. And that's not yeah. something that people often think of as a, as no, a, yes, a the shaking, yeah. becoming anxious. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, um, and the other one that I liked was a picture <laughs> of, oh, there we go. The aimless scratching. Mm. Yeah. 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 So it's, yeah. it's a fabulous yeah. little book. There's another and, book, and very um, easy to read. Brenda Aloff's book on dog body language. She's got a couple of them, and they're, they're really comprehensive. Great big books um, that, uh, yeah, and and it shows the whole um, spectrum of boggy. boggy. <laughs> I am half asleep. <laughs> um, boggy body language. Um, <laughs> doggy body language. <laughs> body language is like doggy okay. body language. We're just shortening okay. it to be yeah, efficient. Yeah. It's another professional okay, term, like okay. like the same one that um, Sarah said before, which I quite like, which was floof. 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 Yeah, floof. That is floof. Mm. yeah but that um, Brenda Aloff, she's she's got two huge books on it. It's um, but yeah, the whole spectrum. So if if anyone's actually interested in 
in their doggies body language. Boggy. They're all photographs as well, like a boggy language. Yeah, boggy dog yeah, language. yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, we like photographs. Hmm. Well, and and that kind of brings us to the next point, which is, are you saying that because you want to talk? Just just before we go on to the next point, I've just got one more on the spectrum of my dog's doing this. So another one that people quite often get confused about is when they're uh, chewing. So not chewing as in destructive (laughs) furniture, but the chewing of a Kong or a bone or something like that. There's a very big difference between chewing in a relaxed state and chewing because you're so anxious you don't know what else to do with your face frantic it's hard and it's frantic and they often (laughs) vocalize at the same time so you'll get dogs i mean i've seen my dog in the past howl and chew at the same time which was i mean to be fair it was heartbreaking to see him because he was he was so beyond himself beside himself he didn't know what to do so mm-hmm. I just wanted to, to put that one in there before we go on to the next. Yeah, topic. yeah. Not chewing, well, chewing's not all. Mine, mine wasn't a total subject change. It was just a partial. And that is, um, you know, just reiterating that using a camera is so important. And a lot of times you can be watching something live you know, you're recording it to, to watch it back later, but you can be watching something live and totally miss something and then, you know, rewatch it and be like, oh my gosh, he licked his lips seven times during that exercise or, or something like that. So I really do encourage, well, I'm not really sure that you can effectively do separation anxiety training without, um, a camera, but using a camera record some normal, safe stuff that is why it's really good to train with a specialist because so many of my clients have got the camera going and you know they 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 go oh yeah my dog did really well and I'm like well actually did you notice that it was licking its lips here and it yawned here and yeah and they're like oh gosh and then the the next time I speak to them they're like oh my god now I'm seeing it I didn't know this yeah and it's one of my very favorite things to do is go through a video with a client, like watch the video together and just point things out because, you know, a lot, a lot of dogs are super subtle in, in those beginning stages. Yes, Stacey, I think you're correct. I mean, once you, once you point these things out to clients often, they, um, they, they really do that and they become, I can't think of a better word of saying what I don't want to say because it's swearing. So I won't say it. But they become really, really good at spotting things in their own dogs, and and actually, in some ways, can become more um, savvy. Not precious. What's the word? They, be, they become more. Um, oh, no, I can't, do, oh, can't wait now. to hear what this word is. Oh, I know it's going to be such a fabulous word when it comes out. I more protective of, of the better dog than you have. What? Savvy's a good word. Savvy's a good word. I like that word. So what is the risk of training then um, in that kind of keeping it together place? You know, like okay. if, if, if a client is missing or a person who is training their dog, they don't have to be a client. Um, but if a person is missing those early signs of anxiety um, and kind of training in that 
keeping it together place with their dog, what what is it that we're risking? Well, obviously that they are going to go over threshold. I always feel like I'm in a classroom when you ask questions. I hate, I hate that you feel that way. And, I, and I, feel, I start getting nervous, that. like I'm going to disappoint the school teacher or something. No, you could never disappoint me. <laughs> a, I'm like, yeah, I don't <laughs> want to answer. You go, Sarah. <laughs> no, I'm not uh, answering. Teacher might tell me. I'll never get it wrong. <laughs> okay, okay. Then, then I'll, I just don't want to talk too much. And so I was trying to throw ideas out. I was like okay, being collaborative. Yeah. No, no, no. Fair play, fair play. Um, yeah, so the danger, of course, is that we're going to go over threshold. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. and I think some dogs will spend a fair amount of time in that kind of middle um, place, but some dogs move really quickly from keeping it together to panicking. And mm. also remember, the whole point of this training is to build neutral or positive experiences of your dog being home alone, right? So if you keep on exposing them to absences where they're not comfortable, you're just exposing them to, to lower levels of their same fear, right? But it's still not a positive experience. Yeah. So, you know, if you think of that kind of teeter-totter and you're trying to you know, build, put more on the positive side and less on the negative side, you're, you're not going to be doing that if you're training in that holding it together phase. I've got to ask now, uh -huh. what's a teeter-totter teeter in Australia? A seesaw? I don't know. That's a seesaw here. So where does teeter-totter come from, please? Can you I find that know. one out? I mean, we, we, we use both teeter-totter or seesaw. You speak funny. Um, <laughs> You talk weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I'll I like it. it. <laughs> I'll call it a seesaw from yeah. now on. No, it's okay. You keep calling it herbs and teeter totters. <laughs> so, in, in, on, along the along the vein of, of training over threshold, I mean, fundamentally, we are we are fear free trainers. So, right. you know, we, we need to train in a way that stops our dogs and stops our clients from feeling fear. So, if we continue to let them train over that threshold then we're basically not doing what we say we you know we're supposed to do we're kind of right. letting everybody down right. so we need to keep them under that point where it's it's no longer um an experience a, a good learning experience that'll change uh, an emotion that's that's already pretty bad we, you know we want to make it a good thing uh, so if we keep right. pushing them over we, right. we're failing yeah, well, well, we're failing and we're also risking sensitizing them or making it scarier for them. Yeah. So on that, when we're looking at what they, you know, what they might do when they're anxious. So if you, the, the other thing, the other side of that coin that we've got is what do they look like when we're not experiencing anxiety? Mm -hmm. I know that for a lot of, a lot of clients and a lot of people are doing this kind of training get hooked on the fact that their dog needs to be curled up, relaxed in a bed or, or asleep on a sofa. I mean, what's the, what's the, you know, what, what does not anxious look like? Because we don't video dogs. We don't really watch our dogs that aren't anxious, right? You know, when we're gone, we don't watch, we don't have video cameras set up maybe to, to watch what they're doing. But yeah. So, it, and I think it's important to remember that the, the, 
important thing that we're trying to do is change the dog's feelings about being left, not that they stay in a downstay for two hours or, you know, whatever, however long you're gone. Um, I think um, uh, I'm so much. Yeah. And in terms of that, about the downstay, like, I think um, many people worry that if their dog gets up the couch, gets off the couch or gets up from their bed that, oh my God, they're getting anxious, they're getting anxious. But if they actually observe the dogs during the day when they are there, regardless of the camera, they'll see that dogs don't stay in the same position for four hours straight or even one hour straight. They kind of get up, mosey over to another area, sit down, la, 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 la. Right. So, so it's nothing to be concerned about just because your dog gets up. And the other thing is, I mean, do we want to talk about the door waiters? Mm. Yeah, I mean, the, what, the, what, the ones that watch out of the window or that stay by the door. I mean, that's not necessarily a... a so, Stacey, what, what do you think about door waiters? Oh, thanks <laughs> for asking me, Ness. I have a lot of opinions <laughs> on this matter. <laughs> um, what I think about door waiters is that it's super, super common, especially in the beginning phases of training. And so we do see that a lot. Um as and are we worried about it? We're, well, we are watching the dog to make sure that they are not exhibiting any signs or um, body language that would indicate anxiety. But if their dog looks relaxed and neutral, then we're not worrying about it. So the fact that they're by the door is not something to worry about. It's always just looking at the body language. Mm, I agree. Um, yeah, so we're always going back to that. And and as far as the window goes, you know, some dogs do better when they can look out the window and some dogs do worse. That's a really individual thing. Yeah. And so you just have to test it out with your with your dog to see. To and see um, it, there's also the other thing to consider. Do you leave the window open or do you leave it shut? Do you put a film on it? Do you let it do you, do you let them look out? Um, mm -hmm. I think dogs that are maybe noise sensitive, um, probably you need the window shut and you need some sort of noise cancelling sound or music on or what, whatever it is. But um, yeah, but not necessarily all dogs. Yep. So going down yep. the, the noise cancelling route while, while we're on that one, what kind of things would you suggest for people to use for noise cancelling? Oh, so you got yes. grey noise, brown noise, pink noise. Really? Um, just just a note on brown noise. So many, um, so many colours. Yeah, yeah, rainbow. Uh, yeah, but with brown noise, um, I have read, and I don't know how accurate this is, but I have read that um, that brown noise can be a bit detrimental to um, dogs with noise phobia. They find the rumbling a little bit too much for them. But other noises certainly. There's also um, there's calming anxiety dog music on YouTube, which is free, and it goes for like eight hours, something like that. And um, then you've got the there's apps like Through the Dog's Ears, and I'm sure there's a, a few other ones as well. Uh, yeah. I had one client who swore by reggae. Yeah. Um, she like she said, you know, um, and then of course there's the thing like leaving the television on, but quite often, you know, particularly if you've got a dog that's sound sensitive that you know if, if someone comes on with an animal on tv and it barks then you've got a whole other ball game to contend with don't you yeah well, or doorbells the, yeah. or yeah you know, on TV, doorbells knocking fireworks <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it can it can go wrong it can yeah go wrong yeah so tv is definitely not my favorite but i do no, like the, the 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 noise things 
Although I did once I use use brown noise on Alexa, and mm -hmm. what nobody told me was that when you do it on Alexa, she puts adverts in. So oh. we were all oh, drifting off nice and happy. Yeah, if you don't have a paid subscription, I guess she does. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing you can do that's super reliable um because with the alexa sometimes you do lose connection like if she loses internet connection and your dog is really reliant on that then that could be a a problem but um a, even just a fan like an older oh, yes. fan you know and, and have that play the older the reason why i say older is because the older ones are a bit louder and mm. so they provide more interference or dampening of the noise um the newer ones are, are so quiet we're probably getting a little bit off topic so shall we oh yeah sure <laughs> i can't believe that we did that frankly oh. i'm shocked that we would get off topic <laughs> um i don't know if i really have anything else for on topic do y'all um, I, I didn't mean to say y'all. No, it's good. Y'all, you, you too. I like it. <laughs> the only other thing I had was um, that obviously we train using gradual exposure, mm -hmm. uh, which is what mm -hmm. means that means that we don't go over threshold because it's a very very gradual exposure to the thing that's scary. And I just wanted to, to mention the, the opposite of gradual exposure, which would be flooding, mm. which is when someone's being advised to leave their dogs to cry it out, which is, you know, basically falling off that cliff. That's so far over threshold. There's, it's, it's, you know, we're in full blown panic. I don't know if anybody's got anything to add to that one. Just say about that. Um, I think it's a big welfare issue. I wouldn't advise it. It can um, certainly there are there's a high chance that your dog could um, either become more fearful or become completely shut down as yeah. a result of flooding. So the thing the thing with um, oh I, I did mention this on my, I did a live yesterday or the day before no it was um the day before and I did actually mention this so um with like normal dog training we might actually not worry too much if our dog got it wrong so we might even set them up for failure in a nice way so I've I ask you to sit I've got a treat um you sit I reward 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 and then one day you forget to sit because you're not paying attention or whatever um yeah so 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 you don't sit you don't get the reward so they learn from that experience if you're teaching a dog to sit it's a behavior uh, and you don't necessarily mind if your dog fails they simply don't get the reward but with separation anxiety we always want to set our dogs up for success we don't want them to fail we don't want them to fall on their face so um it's not a behavior it's an emotion remembering that is so important and then um setting them up for success the whole time and if you uh let them go over thresholds then obviously or or you ignore the signs if you flood them and just let them get into that fearful state then you're not setting them up for success and as you say stacy they're going to go it's a good chance they're going to get worse not better in mm -hmm. fact they're not, certainly not going to get better are they but yeah they could actually get worse Fear, fear, fear is, is an emotion that's, that's really hard 
to get rid of once it's in there because fear is fear is the emotion that means that you survive you know fear exactly. is what kept us kept us all alive for you know mm-hmm. millennia being happy it's great but it didn't save us from the lions on the savannah or you know eating the poisonous berries because they're a funny color you know that that's what fear did so once it's installed it's really 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 hard to get rid of so you need to do lots and lots and lots of practice at no fear in order to get to a level where where you've got an opposite emotion again which which takes a lot of doing yeah it really does and then and and having that a negative exposure to home alone time you know it, that negative exposure is disproportionately weighted because of the negativity bias that we we and dogs both have to keep us alive. And so, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, somebody gives you feedback and they say, you know, 10 awesome things and one thing that you need to work on, what you're hung up on is that thing that you need to work on, right? And so that's what negativity bias is. Um, and so that one time, that your dog had a really awful experience will be more heavily weighted to your dog than the, you know, several positive experiences. So, you know, just back to circling back to what Ness said, it is so important to make sure that we protect our dogs from having over threshold experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, look, there are, life does get in the way. So in fairness, like I have had clients that, you know, they are doing the training, they're managing their absences, they're making sure their dog's not left alone but then something happens and their dog has to be left alone. And, you know, we know their dog is likely going to go over threshold because the time frame, like say they can happily be alone for an hour, but the owner can't get home for two or three hours. So we know the dog's alone way over its normal time and is possibly, we don't have, let's say we don't have eyes on them for whatever reason, as in cameras. Um, we know that dog is probably going to go over threshold. It's, a good likelihood um but um but 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 because they've had so many good experiences during the training and building up to that one hour that hopefully we get back to a good place again relatively soon so we understand that life gets in the way but hopefully we can get back to a nice place for that dog and it will be easier to get there even though it's had Mm -hmm. that one scary moment yeah, that does Definitely. bring up a good um, kind of a point of discussion here is that if your dog does have a negative experience, what should you do? So I think the the most important thing is if you can take a couple days off, do some fun things with your dog, long sniffy walks or, you know, just things that your dog enjoys. And then when you do get back into training, do a couple really easy wins for your dog, whatever that is for your dog. If you're on an hour, do some like quick, just five minute sessions um, just to get your dog in the, you know, frame of mind that this is, this is not a negative thing. So um, <clears throat> yeah, let them decompress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And the, I think the other thing as well, another point is if you are doing home alone training and, and you do have to go out for whatever reason for you know for whatever is not to treat it as a training exercise so you know the you're gonna have to go out you're gonna have to leave them for several hours so don't try and and give them the normal type of warm-up that you would if it was a training exercise because it's not a training exercise and you want to protect 
your training as much as possible. So, right, that, so you, know, you want, just, yeah. So you want the context to look different to your dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've right. seen people who've had to go out. Or I've had clients that have had to go out on, on, on an emergency type thing and try to do it as a training scenario, and it's all fallen apart. And then consequently, it means that their the training after that has, has fallen apart for a lot longer than it would have done if they'd have just gone out, put the coat on, and just gone. Right. Well, and this might be a you know in these emergency scenarios. Now, we would always say plan ahead as much as you can, have backup people, have emergency people. Um, it really will affect your training if they have these negative experiences. So, um, you know, but, but when emergencies come up, this would, if your dog is the type of dog who will eat during a session, put out a bunch of high value chews and Kongs, you know, whatever your dog can safely consume, you know, in that, if it's protecting, your training by helping them be okay for longer, then go ahead and do that. In the, you know, it's not going to teach them to be okay longer by themselves, um, but it will kind of minimize the damage that, um, that can happen. Okay, lovely listeners. So that's us for this week, all about thresholds. Uh, if there's a topic that you would particularly like us to discuss, please reach out to us. Um, I'm Ness. You can find me at Separation Anxiety in Dogs with Ness Jones on Facebook. I actually do go live every Monday, which is Queensland time in Australia at 1pm, if you'd like to join me and ask questions. But if, you, if there's a topic you'd like us to cover for the podcast, let us know. You can catch me on that page just message me or message one of the other girls um sarah yeah you could feel free to message me i'm sarah mclaren again on separation anxiety solutions and i'm also doing an exciting little project that i forgot to mention which is a new class called independent pup so this is all to help puppies to prevent separation anxiety so it's a very very short course it's only four sessions over two weeks Excellent. Come and have a look at that. So that's on your website, Sarah? That's on my Facebook page. Uh, It's on my website. And I think it's on my Instagram. What is your website, Sarah? www.separationanxietysolutions.com. Nice. Nice. Um, Okay. Do you have anything else, Sarah? No. Do I? Okay. (laughs) No, I don't think so. Now I feel oh. a bit triggered every time I'm going to ask a question. I feel like I'm being a school teacher. <laughs> what else do I do? <laughs> no, I think you're good. I think you're good. Stacy with Focused Fun Dogs. Um, so my Instagram is Focused Fun Dogs, and that is something that I'm just kind of starting. Um, I am also on Facebook, same, um, Focus Fun Dogs. And then my website is focusedfun.net. And um, yes, do reach out to us and let us know if there are things that you would like to hear on Tales from the Doghouse. Um, please do um, like, subscribe, review, do all of the things. Um to help us reach more people and um, let us know how we can um, do stuff. 
And where can people find us, Stacey? All of the places except Stitcher, apparently. Stitcher? Um, Stitcher. Somebody asked me if we were on Stitcher, and I was oh. like, I don't know. And then I looked <laughs> on our anchor thing, and, and it's not there. Okay, so we'll have Google, to remedy that. Google, Apple, um, Spotify. Um, where else? There's like uh, seven places listed on our. Right, yeah. And uh, I, it's on my website too. If anybody wants to look, yeah. it's on roughdiamonds, R U F F diamonds.net. Um, you'll see them all there too. Yeah, it's on all three of our lines. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, there yeah, you go. Woo. There's no excuse not to listen. <laughs> exactly. Oh. All right. Fabulous. See Thank you guys you next week. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.